Season 1, Episode 2. Um, this was my first time um, that I that I travelled. In, in So in the second episode, I travelled from my home, which is in Ocean Grove in, uh, in Victoria, in Australia, for all of those listening around the world. And... Uh, moved and went up to Melbourne to interview Nicholas, my friend Nicholas. And why did I interview? Why did I ask Nicholas? Okay, well, I admit to a bias in seeking out at various points, and even in this first series, um, musicians, other musicians, if I can call myself a musician, which I think I can. But Nicholas has got, I mean, he just. He just got a fascinating story because he's he's been in a, in Australian terms quite a successful band, Graveyard Train. Continues to record with and tour with uh, Cash Savage, I believe. And more than that, he's the stepbrother of one of my best mates and I first ran into him when he was a teenager. I believe callow is the term um, in London way back when, in the 90s. So... You know, he's a he's a gentle soul, um, taciturn, I guess, which seems kind of weird considering he's been the lead singer in um, Graveyard Train. But he but he is. He's a gentle, very smart, uh, beautiful soul, and um, and again, he just sort of agreed. I think out of the kindness of his heart, as 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 all of, as all of the ten have done, and um, and therefore. Um, traveling up to to North Melbourne to his mum's beautiful house to do this was it was a joy. Um, even though I, th- I think with this one we ran out of time a little bit at the end, so I I kind of had to we got we got to the end. He had to be somewhere, so we kind of just rushed through the last couple of choices of his music. Um, but that's fine. That is completely fine. Um, and again, it was just a wonderful conversation and. And as I expected with him, there were just some really interesting choices of music. And and as I said to anyone that will listen, anyone that's been involved in this, one of the many, many, many reasons that I'm doing this, apart from just I love doing stuff like this and I love listening to people's stories, is because I get a chance to be introduced to music I've never heard before. And that was, that was the case with Nicholas. So this is um, episode two, season one, Inside the Heliosphere. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the second <laughs> second take. <laughs> Welcome to the second take um, of episode two. <laughs> and we just spent sixteen hours interviewing my. It's my, been a long trip. Oh it's man. been good, but now we've got to start again. That's great. Nicholas, this will be, be better. <laughs> I feel like we got some. You know, we sort of ironed out yeah, some yeah, of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although it does give me a chance to see how far you got with the whole phrase. So I've already given you the 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 sort of um, about half an hour to think of it now. Yeah, the whole downhill from here thing. Yeah. Okay, let me come at you with a different question then. If I say the song lyrics to some fairly big hits in the nineteen eighties, yeah, how confident are you that you're going to be able to uh, come up with the goods for the for the line that follows them? Supremely 
not confident, not, not confident not at all, but give it a go. I used to think it was, and it's all over you, electric poo. I don't oh, really listen to lyrics. No. So, yeah, yeah. Which is, I'm just going to allow us to dive <laughs> off down, down, down alleyways here. Okay, sure. Checking again that we're recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. Who's, who's saying that? He sang that song. That was, was that Bob Dylan? Was that? Well, you no. did, did you say it's all over now, baby? No, no what did you say? It's all over you, electric it's poo. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, okay, misremembered song lyrics then yeah, that you want that's, that you. That's, well, that's, that was a big one for me. Ele- and, is, it was Electric Blue by. Oh, Electric Elf, uh, Giorgio Moroder, like. Um, I don't know. Down, 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 We'll always be together. That one? Yeah. Yes. So, misremembered song lyrics yeah. that you found out were something else. Yeah. Is another, but as a singer, yeah. And now I I agree with this. I I still have songs that I've loved. Some of my favourite songs I've known for thirty years, and I've never known what the what the lyrics are. Yeah, yeah. And as our listeners will hear, you yourself are a, are a singer of some renown and a, a musician of some renown. But you, I don't hear music in that way. You don't hear you don't hear this. And I I mean I've tried to explain this. I imagine we're going through the same kind of thought process. But what, what's it for you? So you hear a song the first time. Yeah. What do you hear? Ah, oh. It's sort of um, a lot of things. Pretty mm. interesting philosophically, like what, what do you hear first? But yes. I l- listen for like production uh, first, strangely. Quality of, type of. Type of. Type of. Yeah, production. like just what's going on in the song, like right. in how the song's being presented. Right. I listen to it, yeah, like the instrumentation, all that kind of thing. The lyrics are usually the last thing I listen to. Right. Like it'll take me right three on. or four listens to a song before I notice what the singer's singing. Absolutely. And so therefore, okay, let's go down this channel. Let's go down this rabbit hole. So therefore, if a type of production doesn't appeal to you, if there's like something, like for me, I can't stand the Phil Spector thing. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, yeah. Not into yeah. that wall of sound thing. Don't yeah. like it. Yeah. And that'll just put me off a song straight away. Yeah, yeah. Is it like that for you? It's like, oh, damn, I can't stand that hi-hat sound or... Uh, yeah, it like... Yeah, it has been. I've, I've found like as I've got a bit older, I've mellowed a bit more. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, It used to be a thing in your 20s. It used to be a thing. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. I just... You're like, nah, that's <laughs> it. Terrible. Like, that's... I used to hate in excess oh, and that kind of yeah. 80s, like, like studio sheen mega hit kind yes. of thing. That that kind of chorusy guitar, the reverb, yeah, in the 80s. That snare and... sound and stuff. Yeah. Now, like, I really like it. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's uh, uh, my moods change. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to be a bit more um, disdainful of various mm. genres or whatever. And now these days I think I can, the type of music that I like is just good music and I try yeah. to find just yeah. good music in, in anything. Absolutely. And, and so it's therefore, no, 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 no. I, and I, but I think it's a bit musician-y. Yeah, um, yeah. My experience, musicians are far more able to, I mean, to not care what people think if, if uh, for one thing, and also just to identify that's, that, that someone might dismiss lazily as a, yeah, rubbish pop song, whatever it is, Britney Spears or Katy Perry or whatever else. Yeah. But a musician will go, well, actually, that's a really clever song. Yeah, yeah. And it's beautifully yeah. produced or that, you know, the bass player was doing some, you know, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, 
if you is the analogy then like films where if you know a bit about filmmaking and the film's not really that great you start to notice where the camera's been put where the cuts have been made but then sometimes you know a master filmmaker you'll just lose yourself in the story and sure the yeah yeah except i know nothing about film no i have terrible taste but i'm sure really? that analogy really works but but in, mu- in music I, it's like that i get what you mean yeah but just my taste in movies like um i with movies the more expensive it is the better like i'm, I'm your katie perry <laughs> you're the, i'm katie oh, perry you're the, and rihanna i just you're i want to watch a scene and know that it cost a hundred thousand dollars right. to make the just more, more explosions the more explosions and car chases you're yeah yeah i'm not into and yeah. that and that was uh that was nicholas uh my <laughs> that's, that's the end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> no no but no, no. But the analogy is perfect I well think. let's like, let's if let's i was that. to know about film that that's yeah so that's so that. that would be the that would be the um so if 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 the song is is good enough, you cease to notice the mechanics of it, or are you just now yeah. you're so deep into the production side of music you you find it hard to leave that stuff? Look, it just really just depends. Like the th- the really interesting thing about music, I think, is it's just context, right? Like it's you know sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be walking with headphones sure. and I just want some banging beat because I'm walking, or, sure. or you're in a car and mm-hmm. you just want some car driving music, like. Yep. Um, yeah, it's often like if I'm just sitting down and listening to a new record coming out that's come out by someone who I respect and who I like, mm-hmm. the first thing I'll listen to is the production okay. and how they've put it together. Yeah. Um, but like there's kind of no steadfast rules. Like no. it's it's the the older I get, the more I just think music's all about context. You know, it's great to see a punk band in a little room. It's terrible to see them in a big massive hall like sure, you know in a big sure. at a, a festival like it's just time and place it's all relative and what about the law <laughs> of diminishing returns you know is it still possible to find new music for you that's that that moves you as deeply as the the songs that you cherish that potentially some of the ones we'll talk about today yes you can yeah. still get that same emotion and the yeah. Same, yeah yeah i'm still finding bands and music putting out music now that is affecting me deeply that I really love. That's great, yeah, isn't it? I think, yeah. That's great. Okay. But I've been lucky in that I'm, I've kind of, I actively look for new music. Mm. Like I'm, I really try. Right. So what's your, so where, I presume Spotify is not your, your go-to? Uh, not so much Spotify, but like I, I, um, I work at a band venue, mm-hmm. the old yep. bar in, in, uh, in, in Fitzroy. And in Melbourne? In Melbourne, mm-hmm. yeah. Which has a lot of, it's like a, it's a venue where it's quite, it's still quite hard to get a gig there. It's got quite yeah. a high, high bar mm-hmm. of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only do a couple of shifts and I work on the two nights that are not sought after by the big band. So okay. I can see the kids. Okay. And um, kind of, that's helping me exposed to new music yeah. and some of it is just amazing there's like some of the best bands i've ever seen wow i've been great. playing on a monday night at the old bar and they're just 18 year old kids doing mm. weird stuff that i would never think of this is going to be an uplifting interview for me um <laughs> with my jaundiced outlook to you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um that's great okay so i think due to my sound recorders messing up the, you know, which I've just got to get a new one. Basically, he's no yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you might want to just tell our <laughs> listeners what the uh, what what your name is and uh, how old you are, where you live, who lives at home with you. My name is Nick. Mm. Um, 
I'm 36 years old. I live in Brunswick in Melbourne, mm-hmm. one of the music capitals of the world. Mm, I think. Sure. <laughs> um, I live with with my partner and I've got a, a four-year-old and a 10-month-old wow. kid. Yeah. And you look it's remarkably, <laughs> uh, you've got color in your face. <laughs> you don't have bags <laughs> under your eyes. You're doing well. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going pretty well. It's a good time, huh? Parenthood's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, we, um, we're going to get a little bit more to the sort of different things that occupy your time outside of your beautiful family. Um, but, um, just let's, let's start off with, um, how did, let's, how did you and I first, I think we said it was some point in the early nineties. Early nineties. We met through my brother mm-hmm. or yeah, my brothers mm-hmm. who lived in London. Um, they're my stepbrothers. But yep, we're we're very close. We're we're we're, we're brothers. Sort yeah. of funny, like families are weird. Families are complicated. Families, oh, your your family. <laughs> if, I could, if I could, if I could, complicated. I, I feel kind of qualified because <laughs> I have known lots of members of your family for quite a long time. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a complex family. Yeah, but so we met through my brothers who live in yeah. London, and I've been. I was lucky enough to go and visit them a lot through my life sure. in London. Make make the sort of trip, and they came here a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we kind of, we've drunk some beers, we've drunk some beers, smashed some pints. I think we, uh, (laughs) I think we both agreed that we've, 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 we've frequented some, uh, pubs in London and in Australia. Australia (laughs) Um, and I'm putting it at, I don't know, 92, 93. My memory is that we were living in, um, in Stepney and for some reason I can remember you as a teenager in Canary Wharf around then, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Baz and Liz came with you. Yeah. Um, must be 92, 93, that Something kind of time. Like yeah, so yeah. a few years ago now. Okay, um, we're going to come along to your seven music choices. And I, I almost feel like I need to do two separate series here. One <laughs> for the musicians, one for the non-musicians, um, which sounds <laughs> a little bit um, supercilious, but I... I'm kind of um, just intrigued to listen to some of this music that you picked and the reasons for your choices. But let's let's maybe start off with so your your darling mum Liz, who I know very well, um, had an interesting beginning to her life. Um, and just just go through. Yeah, that. she. Um, so her and her mum and dad, and her older sister. So my aunt and my grandparents, mm-hmm. my babsha and Judju, because they're Polish. Mm-hmm. They came out on a boat. Um, in, I think, mum will have to correct me, I think it was like 49 or 50 yeah, or something like that, just yeah. after the war. Yeah. Um, so my grandparents met in a in an American rehabilitation camp in, oh, Ger- in Germany. Okay. I was going to ask. So it was an American rehabilitation camp. Okay, yeah. got it. Yep. And that was a camp for people who had come out of concentration camps or yeah. just whatever, or forced labor camps um, and kind of had nowhere to go. Mm. And so my, my Bupsha, she was a teenager studying to be an opera singer or wanted to be an opera singer. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of picked up by the Nazis when they took over Poland yep. and forced to work in a, in a camp um, making aeroplane parts or something like that. Mm. I think it was like four years that she was God. just stuck there. I think I'm not exactly sure what the conditions were, but... Obviously not great, not great. Or like really, really bad. <laughs> we can we can assume. Uh, <laughs> she was she was what you said. I think seventeen, something like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and my grandfather was working on a farm mm-hmm. and he, the story goes, um, he and someone else on the farm were caught listening to the BBC mm. on a radio and so they got sent to a concentration camp. Mm. So he ended up in a concentration camp for the sort of latter, ha- latter part of the war. So they weren't in the same They weren't in the same camp. place. No, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, they both survived. Mm-hmm. Um, and they met in uh, this re- this rehabilitation mm. camp, which I guess is like a big, huge refugee camp. Yeah, sure. Kind yeah. of waiting to get shipped off either to <sighs> Canada or Australia or Greece or, God, you know, wherever yeah. they were kind of yeah. shipping people off to. But not back to Poland. But not back to Poland, mm. yeah. Why was that, do you know? Why, why they I think because the communists had taken over. Like, right. Yeah, so okay. where my yeah. where my bupch is from, like her part of the world is, you know, it's Russia, Poland, Ukraine. Like it's kind of one of those parts with a really wobbly border that <laughs> <laughs> fluid, <laughs> fluid <border>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, but mm. I think they actually stayed in the rehabilitation camp for quite a while. My aunt was born in the camp. Gee. And my mum. And um, then they came over on a boat. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I've, I'm always, I'm, I'm just fascinated by history and, of course, European history of that era. And, and, of, and of course, um, those stories are, are are going now, you know, those those first-hand stories yeah. are, are going. And, and uh, one of the very many reasons I'm doing this is to record people's stories, clearly. Um, what sort of a uh, shadow did that cast on your family if any was there was there much conversation about oh yeah it was huge i mean there was no conversation about it oh my my my, my grandfather judge you he died when i was about three mm-hmm. um so I, I mean honestly i can't even really remember him there are some nice photos but i was yeah. pretty young yeah. but my babsha she would never talk about it she mm-hmm. obviously went through some pretty rough stuff Gosh. and later in her life when she was diagnosed with cancer she, she died about um I think eight or nine years ago, mm. but um, she was terrified of doctors. Oh, and okay. the assumption is she had some very bad experiences oh. with with Nazi doctors. The the whole experimentation. Yeah. Oh yeah. goodness. Wow. So my mum's been doing this pilgrimage back to back to Poland and Germany, trying to sort of find out yes. what happened, where my mum was born, what the story was, and. All these sort of awful things are coming out oh. about the. It just resonates, doesn't it? It's almost yeah. like the, the the DNA of millions and millions of families was was changed by the events. Yeah, yeah. Which takes us to your first choice of song, um, Wu Tang. I mean, <laughs> what a what a juxtaposition! <laughs> Talk about a ruckus, and ain't that. <laughs> And ain't that and ain't that life's great uh, <laughs> tapestry? Um, okay, so um, why don't you tell us what the song is and why you picked it? Why you picked the album? Because I am giving you this that I'm giving you on your in your solitary existence on this space station, not just the seven songs, but the albums that they the come albums, from. Yeah, yeah, which I'm very happy about because seven songs would almost be worse than no songs. That'd be hard. But, the, yeah, hard cool. the, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, there's nitrous rock side as well, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so it's, it's so gonna, gonna be, be cool. Yeah. It's gonna be yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the first track mm. of Wu Tang's album Thirty Six Chambers. Mm-hmm. Do you know Wu Tang much at uh, all? Yeah, I you mean, know, I know Wu Tang, but know not Wu-Tang. not in the detail, obviously, that you yeah. do. 
So it's like it's it's a seminal hip hop album. Mm-hmm. To me, I I think it's a punk. It's a punk record. Yeah, you said that. Um, it's they did it on no budget. Like apparently, it you know they spent three hundred dollars in the studio and they pay the the legend goes they paid for it in quarters. You know they they kind of had no money. <laughs> really? Oh wow. Um, Riza, the producer, did everything like. And it's just, it's really angry. It's, um, it's hip hop and it's not about business and money and a lot of the stuff that hip hop became about in the nineties and especially Wu-Tang did, they became a massive corporation. But at this stage it was just experimental, different, raw music. Yeah. And it's great. I just, I love that. And I, and I, and I think that was a very, uh, you know, precise and wise comment that, you know, um, you dislike the mix of business and ego and music that that hip hop, yeah, rightly or wrongly, yeah. has be, has become. And I th- and I, I thought that was a point well made. And just before we listen to the tune, and obviously we haven't even spoken about your your musical life in very much detail so far. But you said that um, it was an influential album for you, with, and presumably oh, that's with the yeah. with the attitude and the and the, yeah, and the production. Something about like. Wu Tang's a band like there are nine there are nine members and they all sort of have an equal role. They all sing. They share. They they put on a show. It's like you know, it's like a weird stage show, I guess. Right. Like it's a band, and you know, they're they're yeah. incredible musicians. Have you seen them live, by the way? Just to I have. Yeah, yeah, I've okay. seen them and I've seen their solo acts. And oh, um, yeah, okay. I got pretty into them. Okay. Um, and it's just it's a different format for a band, you know. That's just you know that sort of traditional band with a front man or a front woman, sure. and they're yeah. and they're the thing. Wu Tang was more like, uh, um, I don't know, like a, a collective, or know. like a rugby team running at uh, you or something like that. It's just like this sort of force of sure heaps of voices coming at you, and that was a big influence on my band Graveyard Train. Well, now it makes perfect sense. <laughs> having, when, having, yeah. having seen you play live and, and love what you do in Graveyard Train and now having explained it like that to me, I completely see what yeah. you're talking about. That. So we always just wanted to share the vocals and just have everybody at the front yeah. and just rah, you know, yeah. kind of do this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to come, we're going to obviously come back to Graveyard Train. Um, but for now, this is your first choice. So this right. is. Track number one f- of first album from, from Wu-Tang Clan. It's their first album and, and it's their best. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and the song is called? It's called Bring the Ruckus. Bring the yeah. Ruckus. Play that song. Shaolin shadow boxing and the Wu-Tang sword style. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu-Tang sword can defeat me? On guard. I'll let you try my Wu-Tang style. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the mother, bring the motherfucking ruckus! Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Don't space, catch the blast of a hype verse. My clock burst, leaving a hearse, I did worse. I come rough, tough like an elephant tusk. Your head rush, fly like Egyptian musk. Aw oh, shit, Wu-Tang clear, spark the wixen. However, I mastered a trick just like Nixon. Causing terror, quick damage your whole era. Hard rocks is locked the fuck up, I found shock. Yellow style, hazardous, cause I wreck this dangerous. 
I blow spots like Waco, Texas. I watch my back like I'm locked down. Hardcore hitting sound. Watch me act broke and tear down. A little bit tight asshole. Songs going gold, no doubt. And you watch your corny make the foe. Yeah, they faking all that. Carrying gats, but your mind plan rolling like 40 max. Now you act convinced. I guess it makes sense. Wu Tang, yo, suit represent. I wait for one to act up. Now I got him backed up. Gun to his neck now. React what? And that's one in the chamber. Wu Tang banger. 36 styles of danger. Break the motherfucking ruckus. Break the motherfucking ruckus. I roll with groups of ghetto bastards with biscuits Check it, my method on the microphone's banging Wu-Tang slang, I leave your headpiece hanging Plus this, I'm kicking like Seagull out for justice The roughness, just the rudeness, ruckus Red rum, I'm really assault with the tongue Murder one, my style shocks you not like a stun gun I'm hectic, I wreck it with the quickness Set it on the microphone, the competition get blown While this nasty ass nigga with my nigga The RZA, charged like a bull and got Slave man boots, new recruits. I'm fucking up MC troops. I break loops and trample shit while I stomp. I'm unholing that ass, cause I'm straight out the swamp. Creeping up on sight, now it's fright night. My Wu Tang slang is mad fucking dangerous and more deadly than the stroke of an axe. Chopping through your back, psh, giving bystanders heart attacks. Niggas trying to flick, tell me who wins them. I blow up this fucking prism, make it a vicious act of terrorism. You wanna bring it, so fuck it. Come on and bring the rockets, then I'll provoke niggas to kick pockets. I'm wetting cream, I ain't wetting fame. Who's selling game? I'm giving out a deadly game. It's not the Russian, it's the Wu-Tang crushing Roulette, slip up, you get fucked like Suzette Bring the fucking rockets Bring the motherfucking rockets choice now I'm, I'm not um i've got to fix uh, there's there's about a million jobs that are or facets to this i call it project this labor of love that i'm i've got to work out one of which is the whole issue of music rights yeah and, and, what, yeah. and what i'm allowed to, <laughs> what allowed to you do, know snip yeah. it um but I, I really hope that i can put at least some of all these songs yeah i think as far as i know i think as long as you're not making money i think okay. you can play stuff yeah, as so long as it's I, sort of a content thing, hmm. it's okay. Yeah, maybe a piece of it, not the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think so. I'm I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I have no. I don't. 
You are not a lawyer. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, maybe yeah. I won't. Maybe yeah. I'll take some more advice then. Yeah. My musician mate, <laughs> Nick, said. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so I don't mean to denigrate you in any way. Um, okay. So what? So so I think what we were beginning to talk about was, um, well, I mean, guess how you came to exist in Australia, as opposed to Europe, which is where your your, your mother's family roots are. Um, so I mean, from I I did a little bit, of, a very little bit of research because when you said. Um, uh, when you spoke about your, your grandparents um, in a rehabilitation camp, I, I must admit I didn't really know what that was, but I think yeah. we um, we we thought that it was a it was a, almost a refugee camp after the war. Once once the Germans released them from the almost concentration camp that they were in, um, and then your mother's Liz has spent some time trying to get to the bottom of of some of the history. Um, and now I know, I know Liz, but just yeah, talking about your mum, how do you how do you describe who she is, what she does? I mean, she's she's a lady who's singularly, singularly, singularly <laughs> impressive, and 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 I think able to. If anyone's going to dig up this kind of history and, and and keep at it, she's she's got the intellectual rigor. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, she's. Yeah, she's an incredible woman. She she's, is. She's around somewhere. She's probably. Uh, oh, we can't be too nice. We can't at the be moment, too nice about her. But, uh, oh, she's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. She's. Um, she has done a lot for the world of non-profits in Australia yes. and philanthropy. That's mm-hmm. kind of been the, the main focus of her life. Yes. Um, she's a PhD, just did a PhD. Just just like, got just, that, just, just did that. She's yeah. just become a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was working in politics for most of my childhood, yeah. I guess. Um, what was she? What was what was her role in politics? Uh, she was she worked for Gough Whitlam in the seventies, mm-hmm. um, and then for Victorian premiers like John Cain, speechwriter. Yeah. Um, she met my dad at Parliament House. Mm. He was a fly screen repairman <laughs> and repairing the fly screens at Parliament House. So the story goes. Really, and I did picked not. up my mum when oh. back in the Gough Whitlam days. I think that's I think that's how it goes. <laughs> There you go. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there she goes. There she goes. <laughs> See you, Liz. Yeah. Now we can. Now we can be nice now we can about, talk it. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's uh, an incredibly smart, kind, powerful mother. There you go. Yeah. There's the sentence. And smart, kind, and powerful, and incredibly supportive. Yeah. Which has been made my life very enjoyable. Yeah. That's. Beautiful, and I know that. And thank you for, thank you for saying yeah. that for the record. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I'm, um, and obviously, her kindness and her support extends beyond the family. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so and and so you mentioned. So what what is the um, philanthropy? What does that mean? In real, I, I don't think many people even realise that there's this kind of world of not for profit. Yeah, it's sort of um, it's a world of, of rich people. Well, according to my mum, it's rich people that don't want to pay tax. <laughs> and so they set up trusts. <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's be, let's yeah, be yeah. real about this. Let's be real about it. so rich people that don't trust the government, don't want to pay tax. So they set up a trust yeah. so that when they die, their money goes to things that they want their money to go to rather than what the government wants their money to go to. Yeah, That's the kind of like 
And their name lives in, on in a, you know, on, in on like this, an altruistic yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and then their name lives on forever. So and if you walk into any big hospital or in, the, in there, there'll be a board of whatever yeah. original trustees or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so my mum did spend a lot of time like coordinating uh, the philanthropic sector of Australia. Yeah. yeah. And now in her PhD, she's trying to sort of uh, make it more transparent and tear apart kind of dodgy aspects of it. Oh man. Yeah. This, I've got to say, I mean, this, this and she's bringing out Obama apparently, which is, I was going to, I was just going <laughs> to tee that one up for you to smack out of the park. Um, I was going to, I was going to leave a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for ruining that. I, I was going to say, be your next guest. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah I, I, I'm, I'm scraping the barrel right now, but I'm hoping for better things, you yeah. know, in terms of my guests one day, you know, yeah. I won't have to rely on sort of, you know, musicians and, yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go up in the world, go up to, go up to presidents yeah, from, sure. uh, from musicians. Um, so, yeah, more recently she's been concerned with the environment and mm-hmm. she's bringing out Obama to try to deal with Australia's coal oh, crisis. Yeah. Well, well, apparently we're yeah. coal debacle. <laughs> we might. I, I just saw a whole other rabbit hole open up that we could dive into in terms of... Um, uh, sustainable energy and and uh, and the American politi- political system, and, and but I <laughs> yeah. think we might just set that yeah, aside. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 interesting to me um, to just go in different directions because you do have a remarkable family. I mean, um, and we know that aside from your mum and and her history and what she does, which is incredible enough, um, your stepfather Sebastian. Known to all as Baz. Baz, yeah. He's got a pretty interesting... He's, he does. He's, so he's the oldest child of uh, Manning Clark, who's um, an Australian historian, mm-hmm. kind of a pretty interesting Australian historian, according to my family anyway. The Australian historian, according to some <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, the Australian the historian. The definitive yeah. article, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been kind of interesting. It's It's this sort of big family kind of sort of dynasty, bit of a dynasty vibe. Yes, there is. <laughs> to to them all. Um, yeah. it's great to be a part of. They're all like it's it's a all he's he's got a bunch of brothers and a sister and they're all very smart, very interesting people in their own right. Yeah. And children of this sort of um this man who who is sort of has become a real presence or something That's like true. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I'm having to step outside what I know. And what do you mean by that? What, what's the this Manning Clark fellow? Why is he? Why does he loom over this uh, this family? It's, it's I don't know. He's kind of like it, it was history, but it was kind of political, mm. I guess. Um, yeah. He kind of gave one of the first histories of like indigenous atrocities and yeah. kind of like a, a bit of a warts and all. History of Australia, yeah. uh, which the some pe- p- political parties, the Liberal Party, don't agree with, mm. and so prime ministers have come out and attacked him, and newspapers have come out and attacked him, and all these kind of books have come out left, right, and centre, and um, that's you know that puts a strain on families. I guess it's pretty interesting times. It is, and it goes on, doesn't it? I mean, and it goes on. Uh, yeah. We're not so talking about in the book past. About his mum just came. Out. <laughs> I mean, it's it's never ending, really. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, and I think uh, I 
I'm trying to remember. I think he's he died in the 91? Yes, something like that. 90, something like that. 92, yeah. 93, yeah. 94, yeah. So, you know, a, a, a fascinating story by any objective measure. Um, okay. And we find ourselves, and, 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 and I think you said, I mean, I can say there's lots of smart people around your family. You know, there just is. There's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. lots of smarts, but very little um, overt need to show it and uh, and to shout about it. It's very yeah, much. yeah. There's lots of lights being hid under bushels, if that's the phrase <laughs> I'm looking for. Um, but we find ourselves in this in this wonderful book-filled room here. Do you remember much about this place growing yeah. up? Yeah, this, this house is, um, it's an amazing house. It was great. Yeah. I loved growing up here. Yeah. Especially as a teenager, my parents used to sort of go away a lot. Mm. So I was here a lot, sort of oh. on my own, a few parties, a few yeah. good times here. Okay. But it was, yeah, it was always full of books. It's always been a very kind of academic mm-hmm. family, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did, I ended up, st- I did uh, philosophy at uni, yeah. mainly because my parents don't know philosophy, so I could <laughs> kind of be sm- was something smarter could, than oh, them at something, really? and music as well, I guess. That was that, um, music, was so. that a glib remark or was there an element of truth there? I mean, <laughs> in any glib remark, truth, there's a, yeah. yeah. I did um, not, I did, I'd, I'd forgotten that you studied philosophy and I, I, I sort of felt the need almost to say, look, we're not going to get into a debate about anything because... <laughs> I would struggle. Oh, um, yeah, it, everything is nothing. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, is it? Yeah. So it was great. It was great growing up here. Yeah. You know that yeah. sort of background of you know history and yeah. politics and you know philanthropy and just uh, yeah trying to you know highbrow dinner conversation. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel that? Did you feel ever any unintended? I guess, but any pressure to achieve? You know, whether it be politically, uh, academically? Uh, no, 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 I don't think so. Like I, it was kind of expected that I would uh, go to university and be academic and I nearly sort of continued. Like if if my band didn't kind of keep me so busy at the same time yeah. and make me, you know, sort of, I guess, take off or whatever, I would probably have a PhD in philosophy by now. Is I that guess. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, what t- at what point did, and, and we're talking about Graveyard Train here. Yeah. So what, yeah. at what point did, did you form Graveyard Train? Um, it, it, probably about 10 years ago now. Okay. Yeah. And was that, so that was just after you left university? Or? Yeah. It was just after I finished my honours degree in philosophy. Yeah. Um, I sort of took like, you know, took a year off to think about going back to do my master's um, and was playing in a bunch of bands. Mm. Graveyard Train was sort of a side project band. Oh, okay. And then... What else did you do? And more importantly, what were they called? Well, Graveyard Train was an extension of a band called Johnny Curtin and the Pelmets, <laughs> which is... A it's pretty, a very Australian name. That it, was one. A pretty, it was a pretty Australian name, which was like... a kind of like a garage, a six-piece yeah. garage version of Graveyard Train, I guess. Okay. It was, it, we started that band as a kind of, at the time there were a lot of, we called them kind of faffy bands like Bell and Sebastian or The Shins, oh, which we liked, yeah, but, you know, like yeah. there was just a, this prevalence of um, sensitive music. <laughs> and so we started Johnny Curtin and the Pelmets okay. to just I like. Not um, do not do sensitive music. <laughs> you just suddenly I've got to, I'm going to forget this, but I I I can't remember. If, was it was it during when the sound guy messed up the first recording? Is yeah. that when we did the whole discussion of the small flannel? 
versus possibly <gasps> yeah so we have to just i'm, I'm okay. just gonna i'm sure. just gonna pause the discussion <laughs> about the pelmets for a sec and then yeah. i'm gonna just so again this wonderful country continues <laughs> to throw verbal and linguistic surprises <laughs> at me 20 years after i moved here um so the name you would give to a toweling small square of that that could be used to put soap on and wet and wash your face would be in Australia a face washer, hundred percent a face, face washer. Washer, one yeah. word face. Cause well, yeah, one word. Yeah, face washer. That is just crazy to me. <laughs> so flannel in your flannel is like what shirts are made out of or something. Yeah. Oh my flannel is weird. Flannel, because it doesn't have to be made out of flannel, does it? I suppose it doesn't have to wash. <laughs> it's your not face. even made out of it. It's yeah. made out of Italian <laughs> material, but it's called a flannel for yeah. me. I don't, this is just kind of. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, this is not about me, but it's clearly rocks me today in hearing this for the first time. <laughs> a face washer. I guess we don't use them so much anymore. Um, yeah. Is that an English and Australian thing I, or is it like a... I guess. I wonder how they, what they say in the rest of Australia. It's well, anyway, for it, me, well, it's a face washer. Exactly. Like no I mean, debate. it could be a Victorian thing, right? Yeah. Or it, you got your potato cakes and scallops and all that kind of debacle. You've got that whole thing. Yeah. Then yeah. don't even get started on what you call the glasses that you put beer into yeah the yeah, whole yeah, yeah and i'm hoping this will be an international podcast so we probably should maybe there'll be something on the website that explains the whole midis pots midis schooners pots, schooners ponies thing yeah Whew. it's a okay. thing it's, it's a, a thing. thing it's a thing yeah okay so in my mind um this this suburb or no it's not a suburb but this part of melbourne is, is, is a kind of um hotbed of musical relationships and talents i mean uh, i don't know if it yeah. remains that way but uh um, yeah yeah definitely uh well this suburb was when when i was kind of growing up in my 20s i guess um i moved out of this house but i i've always lived around north melbourne mm-hmm. i came yeah. back to north melbourne down the road and yeah. i worked at a bar called prudence which when i started there was a record shop yeah. and we turned it into a bar Beautiful and there place. were just a lot of bands and musicians yes. in the suburb, and there was a great little community. Yeah, um, I mean, name drop. Go on, name name drop a few because I, I can think of a few. But you tell me who the sort of the bands and the musos that you sort of knew from those days. Well, uh, like, um, well, the the Peep Tempel guys. Blake. Of course, so they. I was in a band with Blake from the Peep Tempel yeah. for a while. Fantastic um, band. He lived over. Or he still lives over the road from Prudence, actually. Mm. Um, there are look there 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 are a whole bunch. That kind of were here, and then this suburb became really gentrified, and it's pretty yeah. pretty interesting. A, ma- yeah. a mate of mine, Joseph, he's a corporate lawyer, and his wife's a corporate lawyer, and they were both looking to buy a house mm. here. Mm. This is like eight years ago, and they couldn't afford one. We were oh, saying like, if two really? corporate lawyers can't afford to buy a house in the suburb, like who is living here? <laughs> That's <laughs> not the way I thought that that little story was going to go. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be like yeah. my mate, the corporate lawyer, bought a row of houses no, in like in couldn't in afford to live in North oh. Melbourne. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Like who does then? Yeah. I tell you, it's not doctors. Well, yeah. it's not this doctor anyway. So now I'm in Brunswick, which is, which is kind of over the hill. You can still just ag- about According to APRA, it has the highest concentration of musicians, of registered musicians, songwriters oh. in Australia. So that's... Maybe they followed uh, you from... <laughs> maybe they did. They, yeah. uh, but I think even Brunswick's getting pretty expensive. So, you know, it just kind of, it moves around. Yeah. You know, it used to be St Kilda and now St Kilda's... But, I mean, you said, well, you said eight... I mean, really, you know, when Tina's brother owned the bar down the yeah, road I mean, yeah 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 there was a million musos around then so it's, yeah. it's very recent and that was i don't know it's certainly within 10 years so yeah. it's that's a 
relatively recent development, you know? It, it is, yeah. And look, maybe, you know, maybe there are new kids living here that I don't, that, you know, there probably are. Maybe it's yeah. just my scene that's moved. But yeah, um, it was North Melbourne 10 years ago was, there was some great yeah. bands and great... Didn't like a great vibe. Didn't Killing Heidi have some roots here? Jet, yeah, those, those yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, those, those guys. Yeah, you're yeah. probably forgetting. I'm just got a yeah jogging man. But these guys were just your pals, weren't yeah, they? Just, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all just kind of lived around here and I mean, hung out. Yeah, which you know is akin to Cafe Waller and whatever else in New York in the '60s. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have this kind of through history. You have this, um, I guess, friendly, healthy competition between. I don't know if that's Absolutely. the way, but yeah, musicians yeah, inspiring each other. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's look, we, let's pause. We've got we to gotta go to uh, your second song from your second album. Yeah, great. Um, what, what about this one? So this is uh, Love. Do you know Love? I do. I have yeah. this album. Yeah. I hear, really I hear jugs. Love. I hear every time I hear uh, <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. dude that blows the, the, the jug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I think of Love. This is um, – these guys – I got into this album a, a while ago, back in those Prudence days. Mm. Um, and it's sort of like, um, it's just this, I think it's an incredible album, like up with kind of Pet Sounds or Sgt. Yeah. Peppers in terms of production yeah. and just amazing, weird, psychedelic vibes. Yeah. And it was just, at that time anyway, not many people had heard of it. It was a real kind of commercial failure. Like they've yes. kind of got a name for themselves after Arthur Lee died. Um, and they've just got an amazing story, like... They were just hopeless. They took too many drugs. They never mm. toured. They gave the Doors their first gig, apparently. Yeah. And the band split up, and the the I think it was the bass player and the drummer went on a crime spree up oh. the Californian coast. They were called the Donut Shop Bandits. They like really? robbed all these donut shops for heroin money, and they got oh they got done for that. Arthur mm -hmm. Lee spent like fifteen years in prison. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. Right. So he came out of prison and joined a love cover band. So there was like some oh, English love cover really? band, yeah, got kicking around. Needed a gig, needed He got some out money. of prison and is like, hey, you're a love cover band. Why don't you sack your singer and I'll come and we'll do love. And so I saw them play at the Corner Hotel. Oh. And, you know, he's this massive, like massive black guy, bandana, tattoos, like looked like he'd spent 15 years in prison yeah, as yeah. opposed to the wispy <laughs> dude from love. He still had the same voice, but... uh just like Ooh. this weird, sad story and, yeah. you know, kind of. I mean, we want, we, we, we sort of want our heroes sometimes to have these backstories. I think, you know, these, yeah. the, the, I mean, I, I don't know the, 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 the flawedness sometimes of this, of their yeah, lives, yeah. their stories. Yeah. And you could probably name dozens of them, but that I did not know that at all. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so which, which song is, so, I mean, the, there's one album, right? The, there's the, one album. The yeah, album this, and yeah. This, there's one amazing album, yeah. I think. And, um, and the song that you've picked from that. This is the last track. Mm -hmm. um, it's called You Set the Scene. Okay, let's and listen to it. Yeah, cool. Okay. seen you walking have you been there before walk down your doorsteps you'll take some more steps what did you take them for there's a private in my boat and he wears this instead of medals on his coat there's a chicken in my nest and she won't play until I've given 
choice again um so the sound man managed to sort of make up for some of his mistakes by giving us a nice pastry during that delicious it was delicious thanks sound man you're (laughs) you're hired for the next the next one again you've you've dug yourself out of that hole so i love yeah so we i mean we were just so we were just talking you and i about the um the way that that album came to be i guess um and how uh, what's the guy's name? The uh, Arthur Lee. Arthur Lee, that's right. Yeah. Um, so when you, you know, we've, and we started to talk a little bit about how songs come to us. Um, are you someone, and I assume you've written at least some, all of the songs that Graveyard Train? Uh, I, I, yeah, like not all of them, but mm-hmm. but a good, good chunk, yeah. Was there a combination of some that, right, we need a song, I'm sitting down, this is like the craft of it, or was, or was it very much... I was falling asleep and the song came to me and uh it it really depended on the song mm-hmm. actually yeah mm-hmm. like that was a really um kind of uh f- fruitful time for me so mm-hmm. songwriting like when I was writing more for graveyard train and I was writing music with Cash Savage as well yeah. for her band and I was just playing a lot and songs would come in all sorts of ways do you think that's the um is it like, again, the, the analogy of being um, an athlete, you know, you, you you train and therefore you're doing more of it so it comes more naturally or, or was it just a particularly inspirational time in your life? I th- uh, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, like maybe um, I'm, I, I write less songs. Now. Like I'm, I still write a lot of songs actually, mm. but uh, I was definitely writing a lot more then. I had less of a um, uh, like – I. Cared less. I I didn't care less, but um, less I, concerned I, about. I let more things pass. That yes, I wouldn't let pa- pass now as I'm as I'm a bit older. Like in terms of lyrics, and I don't like look. Yeah, in terms of lyrics and just yeah, like I don't look back at any of my songs and think oh, that like I'm not embarrassed by any of them. But like, I definitely wouldn't write a lot of those songs now. I lyrically guess. again or musically? Ly- oh, yeah, lyrically and musically, like. Graveyard Train was a really, it was a great exercise in lyric writing Mm -hmm. because we had the idea of the band was to just not do love songs. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) we thought the world was at peak love songs. (laughs) The world's got enough love love songs right now. Yeah. And so we kind of were like, let's just do this weird horror country nonsense. Horror country nonsense. Right. So so that 
gave us like these sort of boundaries which were really inspirational, I guess. And so it's like, all right, what can we, what, what's, what horror country songs need to be written in the world, yeah. you know? And we sort of yeah. did that. And I'm going to guess, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark that there were some conversations in some of the fine hostelries of uh, North Melbourne where yeah, the, yeah. that went into the, <laughs> to the planning of the, the concept, the yeah, band yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, I mean, okay, so you said it already, horror country. Um, for those of us that have been lucky enough to see you guys perform, um, you know, how would you, for those that haven't been lucky enough, how would you describe, I mean, you already, you already mentioned, uh, um, the, the parallel with Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Which I now understand, which yeah. is kind of, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is kind of, but, it's, but yeah, I mean that there, there's that kind of all for one, one for all seven people standing yeah. there in a row. So singing. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it started off, it started off as a horror country thing. So like we were playing more country music. Mm-hmm darkness horror like just stupid stupidity non-love was the idea behind the lyrics <laughs> and as the band evolved we lost the country i guess and our last few <laughs> albums were not country albums at all <laughs> and we'd run out of like horror things to write about so it just yeah. became about darkness and hopelessness and it was kind of pretty it's really it's an interesting band did that make you feel dark and hopeless no not at all mm. no no i'm a pretty happy guy you are, and I don't like horror movies and I don't no. really like horror. Like I sort of, there were some fans that connected in ways that I don't. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you had the, you had that kind of, that subset that, that do take yeah, that kind yeah, of thing yeah. seriously. Which was great. Like, you know, anybody yeah. coming to a show is great. Yeah, um, of course. But it's just that beautiful thing about music. It's like everybody has their own interpretation and mm-hmm. once a song's written, it's out there in the world and it's for other people to take take on i guess Absolutely. um yeah but the other the main like we all wrote songs in graveyard train but uh bo was the other main songwriter mm-hmm. and i he is one of those guys who still he writes two songs a week oh and like without without even trying to without sing. even trying and they're all beautiful like half of them sound the same but <laughs> he's just a workhorse in yeah. terms of songwriting still you know he still sends me songs like two a week and you know some, wow. some of them are amazing Wow, and some and, of the best music you'll hear. He's just like an incredible songwriter. Gee. But um, lyrics as well. Like he, they come. Yeah, lyrics. Yeah. So his lyrics are much more poetic than mine and nonsensical. I was always more okay. like, this is this is a story or this is a thing. Right. This means something. He goes for beautiful like stoner meanings. You know, okay. Once he yeah. explains it, you know, but without explaining it, like this is just. So like impressionistic, allegorical. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I yeah, I mean, I don't think there's there's a right or wrong, is there? You know, it's whatever. It's whatever it is. It yeah. is. Um, but so if you, would you find that there would be a process, you'd get a riff, you'd get, you'd hear a harmony, you'd hear a melody. What's the, I just, there's no process. Like there's no, nah, there's not, there's. Would you have to be alone or could you write in a, in a group, I, like I personally really don't like jamming, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so I would never get anything out of just jamming with a band. Yeah. I would always come to the band with a song. This, yeah, okay. You know, or Work it you know, at least a generally mostly finished or half finished song. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never just sit around and play music because you yeah, just end up with reggae songs or just psych <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> you know, just not jamming at all. <laughs> or some riff based thing. Yeah, or some riff based thing that just doesn't interest me. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, yeah. I, but um, so you couldn't be like a Jagger Richards. It yeah. Was, you'd have to. You'd, you'd go. Okay, this is my demo, or this is my. This yeah. Is the chords, yeah. Okay. Like, ev- I mean, every now and again, a couple of us would noodle together and mm-hmm, come up with mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Like that, fairly often. That, especially in the early days, that would happen. Um, my drummer Fran, he like. He's actually in a really successful band now called the Rolling Blackouts. They've just like okay. signed a sub pop and they've sold oh. out two shows in London and oh. you know, they're not even there yet. They're going in a couple of weeks. Wow. But he always said that like a really good song, it sounds like it's always existed. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's yes. the kind of that's yes. your green light that you're going for. It's just like it's a, a, to write a really good song, you can't hear the songwriting in it. Yes. It's just like it just sounds like it's always been it there. It has to be there, right? There's yeah, no decision yeah, yeah. about it needs a pre-chorus. It needs a. It just that's yeah. That's the structure of the song because that's the song. Yeah, that's and really I, interesting. I really kind of I like that idea, and like yes. it's why I, like I hate I hate like Neil Diamond because I can just hear the the. Smut. Oh no! Now hold on. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to everybody oh, out there. Dude, but do you no. not think that every line you can just hear the smugness of his songwriting, <laughs> where it's like every line is like you can hear him thinking that's a great line. I've just written a, an amazing line. Oh. I've written an amazing chord change here. Like, In the interest of politeness. I can just hear the, I can hear his songwriting. Okay. Which is not, that's just, I, that's that's my problem. That's, he's I'm obviously gonna make, very successful. I'm going to make one comment. Okay, and, sure. And I'm a polite guy and you're my yeah. guest on this program. <laughs> but until you've sung, you don't bring me flowers <laughs> on karaoke. Then you haven't. I don't, lived. I don't get to say things like that. Yeah. You don't. You oh, don't get. Yeah, to, you okay, don't okay, get okay, to sure. come on this show and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you get to say what you want, man. I, yeah. I, I, I like the guy's voice. I like the. I like the timbre of his voice. I like the quality of his voice. I pretty much don't know what the lyrics are in his. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like he's. Yeah. Sorry. I, I hate no, a strong word. You don't have to apologize. No, you, no, you're allowed. I'm. I'm a bit <laughs> hurt now, but. We'll, we'll, we'll go on. We'll In a songwriting sense. I feel like <laughs> I can hear... You can hear the I can wheels. hear his songwriting. Well, I can hear him, like, writing this, the music, and it puts me off. Okay, well, let's 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 segue... Uh, you've just taken my thoughts to Sia. Yeah. Um, and now we know how good she is at singing. I think yeah. by any objective measure, she's got a, a singular voice, an incredible sort of voice, great control, tone, everything. Um, she's made a career for herself... As a songwriter. As a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Of some renown. You know, the biggest pop, um, you know, I think she's had Katy Perry sing her songs and Rihanna. And And the good ones. Those, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, um, in that, in that world, there's a formula, right? There, there is a, I mean, no one can tell what a hit's going to be. But there is a there's a way of writing to order, and the best songwriters of well, I think and I think um, you know Barry Manilow, Neil Diamond, those guys, they knew the craft, and I th- I wonder if that's what you're talking about as well. They knew, yes, they yeah, they yeah. knew the craft. So would would all of that style of hit generation? I mean, you can go back to Motown, right? You can go back to uh, Tamla and, and and all of that stuff. Would it not be the same for you to hear the mechanics of the? Of the songwriting? Um, was it just poor old Neil? I think it's like, it's more when Neil is writing for himself. Oh. That he gets a bit more wordy and a bit like, they're kind of like the songs that the other people reject or so. Or so I don't know, like, <laughs> okay. I, don't know, I don't know, but like, yeah. like, like, you know, what was his, like, believe, was it Believer by the Monkeys? That's oh, yes, sure, That's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's, it's I've a, got no, no qualms with the songwriting It's there. a skillful, skillfully written song. Or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like his kind of little ballads that he does for himself and that mm. sort of stuff that you, you can't bit. be talking about love on the rocks mm. you're talking about love <laughs> yeah. on, oh. 
No, no, but, but in terms of, yeah, like those kind of hit, you know, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, Carol King, she wrote some great songs. Like, you know, sure, the, I, sure. I do, I, I, and, you know, Carol King's songs, they've got that timeless quality, you know, like, sure. Um, I just don't get it with Neil. She wrote know. Natural Woman, right? She yeah. made me feel like a natural yeah. woman. I mean, which gee. seems like it's always existed. You know? Exactly. That's one of those ones. Exactly. I don't get that from Neil, Di- no. Neil Diamond. So. <laughs> Before we leave Neil Diamond, and, and I'm recovering. <laughs> Sorry. You haven't hopefully sensed my. I'm, I'm unflappable yeah, as an yeah, interviewer. Yeah. Um, he wrote Red Red Wine. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that actually. I can't yeah, bear yeah. the damn song. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's that's my. There we go. I'm building okay. a bridge to your heart because we can bond over the <laughs> yeah. shared loathing yeah, of cool. that song. Okay. <laughs> um, so where are we going? Okay. So yeah. No. Um. I'm. I've obviously followed your career. Is not the right term. That sounds pompous and it's not correct. But I've obviously been aware from having met you as I don't know 15, whenever you, however you were, to sort of oh yeah, Nicholas is musician and you know to seeing the incredible things that happen with, with Graveyard Train. And, and I don't want to talk about it in the past tense because it's not, I mean, you're on hiatus, is that yeah, the right? Yeah, sort of sleeping yeah, at the moment. Kind of sleeping, yeah, yeah, yeah. sleeping train. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the way it happened, did it feel <laughs> did it feel like a runaway train? Was there any of that sense of it, it started off as a bunch of guys that wanted to do country horror, horror country, and it became all of a sudden you had record deals. You were flying around the world to to gig and play festivals. Did it or did it? Did you maintain that closeness and that sense of control over your careers? Uh no. We we sort of it was there were a lot. It was a long career ish. Like it went on for a long time. Sure, but it took off pretty quickly, and we did sort of uh, lose control of a fair few aspects. I really, guess. like we we ended up going to court with. Oh, agent and I had lawyers involved with record labels, like a kind of oh. real typical, that's, typical that's band like a, stuff. That's like a cliche. That's it a, was super cliche. It's a rock like, and roll cliche, man. Yeah. One of the guys quit basically, I mean, basically because he was, you know, going to drink himself to death. Oh. And like there was all kind of, there was sort of, there's a lot of cliches that happened. <laughs> I'm just impressed. This yeah. is all, no, yeah. no, I, sorry. But I we all, so it was always very like DIY. Away. Like we, we didn't get too out of control. The, the, the cliche that didn't happen was money. Like we never got any, <laughs> any money. <laughs> no, that is the cliche, I believe. Yeah, yeah I guess I so, believe. Yeah. I mean, oh gee. I mean, do you read many music magazines and interviews and that? I mean, it's, if, if they're to be believed, and I've got no reason to doubt them, that yeah. some of the, the biggest, you know, most successful musicians that have written some of the best songs of all time, they seem to have a common theme, which is they didn't start making money until about album number three or four or whatever it is. Yeah. Because the basically you were paying for every single element of the... Of, of everything. Of everything. And, yeah, yeah. And, and then it, and it was just about paying the record company back. It's like a, yeah. a loan until that point. I mean, it's yeah. Just, it's, but I mean, it sort of goes back to like that thing about Wu-Tang and, and money and music yeah. and, and the corporate side of it. Like I just, I don't like the mixture of money and music. And sure. It's relatively new, I think. Like, you know, it's sort of the 50s, 60s, 70s, like the 70s and yeah. the 80s when it really took off and it's, it's it's sort of coming to an end a bit. We had that conversation, remember, on the phone about this yeah, exact yeah, thing. Yeah. Like we're back in the sort of minstrels in the court of yeah. King Harold now, aren't we? You yeah, know, the, yeah. the lowest of the low. and So uh, it's... Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting, I guess. But Have you? Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's graveyard train. We we had some highs and lows. Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. But the highs were great. You know, you, and 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 your your overall. I mean, you, 
I know you still talk about the guys and about the yeah you know, with affection. It's not like you've been broken by the experience and you know you're no, regretting no, me. No. You had a fantastic yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Do you speak much? You, you mentioned Pete Tempel, uh, friends of well, ours. Yeah. I, I, I know especially Steve, I guess. But um, do you do you talk about because they're on a on a kind of similar trajectory to yeah. you guys? Is yeah, that fair yeah. to say? Yeah. Album number, I think three, three just been released, yeah, and they're yeah. playing festivals and doing their thing, which is fantastic, amazing band. Yeah, um, that that sounded like a little <laughs> like I just made a a joke, but no, that was the speaker turn off. Yeah, and um, it's a similar thing. I was talking to Blake the other day. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. And yeah. um, you know, they they just you know they smashed Meredith and they did Golden Plains. And you know, yeah. when you're like a young musician, you think that if bands are playing those gigs, they've got to have some money and be doing okay. They got the helicopter waiting out the back. Yeah, too. yeah. And, um, you know, I was talking to Blake and he's, he was on a work site and a roof blew off the house that he was working on. You know, this is like oh. the, the week after Meredith when they're get, getting the boot at Meredith. And all that sort of stuff. Oh, my God. So, so still on the tools and Stevie's, yeah, yeah, Stevie's still yeah. on the tools. I remember my when my band um, played the Forum, which is like a big deal in Melbourne, sure. really, like to kind of, of headline the Forum. That was like, you know, this kind of pretty incredible moment. And our drummer, Fran, who's in the Rolling Blackouts, which are now doing really well. Mm. So we played the forum and then he had to go home and like, he was just like, he remember, he was, he's got this story. He was just like at home ironing his shirt to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> just thinking, oh, well, that was nice. <laughs> Sold out the forum. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like ironing what's his fucking his, shirt. You what's know? his job? What is he's he? a lawyer, you know, he's oh, a man. solicitor. So he so works straight, for a solicitor, yeah. kind of a dodgy solicitor doing like divorces and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's still he's still doing that job. Like he's working on Sydney Road, and you know he's like in my band, which is doing pretty well. And now he's singing in his own band, which is doing really well as well. Yeah. And he's still when those bands aren't touring, he's working in an office dealing with d- divorces. And it's kind of a it's <laughs> it's I, and, I, and I think I mean I know very well what you're talking about. Yeah. But I I, I think you're right. I don't think that the majority of the sort of punters that go and support these gigs, God bless them, really understand quite how hard it is to make a living out of music in yeah. in 2017. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, which it just sort of is what it is. It'd be nice to have more support is. from the government or whatever, but like, I, you know, it just is what it is. It's 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 fine. I've, I've come to terms with it. Yeah. But going back to that Wu-Tang thing, it, there's something yucky about singing about, making money and selling records to poor people right, and right like on, kind of, right you know, just this American corporate the, stuff. Th- look how much stuff I have. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty gross. So I don't like a lot of that, but you know, no, it's what it is. This sounds like a good time to talk about your uh, third choice. Yeah. So, um, do you want to, do you want to, we've, we've gone let's, back to, let's do morphine. Let's do morphine. Sounds like a good time to do morphine. <laughs> um, and, and why have you picked I mean I haven't really asked you well I mean we're, I, I mentioned while we were listening to the other song um, have you picked I asked you if you've picked these songs to accompany you in a solitary existence in a space station yeah and I think this one of all the songs I would be playing a lot if I was by myself in right. a space station right Morphine the first album was great and this is their last album mm-hmm which is even better. Mm. Um, they just sum up a mood, a melancholy mood, which is pretty incredible. Uh, do, do you know these guys I at all? I do not know this band at so all. They're another kind of miserable musician story, Mark Sandman, the bass player, mm-hmm. he died on stage 
before this album came out. So this, I think this is their best album. Mm. And he's playing a gig in, uh, there's a festival in, in Italy. Yeah, heart attack on stage and just died. Oh. Like dropped the bass, bass note rang out. Damn. They were the headline band. And the story goes that, you know, the Italians are passionate people. They just cried all night into the morning. You know, there's like 10,000 people to watch this band. And oh. it just, you know, it's like a horrible, horrible story. So the, the, the fans stayed there. And yeah, and just, just like wailed into the night kind of thing. Whoa. And this album was unfinished or unreleased anyway. And then kind of Morphine weren't touring. So it just got, because the singer, well, Mark Sandman died. So it just got lost. Like the record label right. didn't because they didn't have the whole promotion. So you push. can't get it. It's not on Spotify. It's not oh, on Apple Music. It's okay. like it's just this kind of weird thing. So we had a, a weird Japanese bootleg at Prudence at that bar record mm. place I used mm. to work at. Um, and it's just very very good. And Let's listen to it. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs>
that keeps the curtains closed towards the sun in the yard, y'all. Now I hope you're waiting for me. Cause I can't make it on my own. Melancholy. I love that word. Well, there's a difference, right? It's not depression. Um, yeah. What do you? Difference, what, yeah, do you yeah. what do you? What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you get from melancholy? You get like something that's appropriate when you're floating around in the heliosphere, yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. at the at space, and you're not depressed. You're just alone, mm. I guess, with and, your thoughts and, and your beauty, and yeah, yeah. I guess. Are you going to do? How are you going to do? You going to be okay? You going to like being on your own up in space? Yeah, well, yeah, you got the gas. Got the, well, nitrous rock side. Maybe we can work on that to make it a bit of a happy gas as well. <laughs> Maybe some nitrous oxide yeah, right. as well yeah, to go yeah, with yeah. the nitrous rock side. Yeah. I'll have to, you heard it here first. Yeah. Nicholas, you take the credit for that. Um, I think I'd be all right. You're okay? You're, yeah. You don't mind I'm, your own company a bit? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't mind my own company yet. You're a thoughtful kind of guy, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe. I, I, You've like got to, your... I like to put out that projection i don't know if i am you studied philosophy so i studied philosophy but i also like independence day is my favorite movie so <laughs> peaks and troughs in terms of my brain activity. bad boys independence yeah. day yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those yeah. um okay <laughs> so that was that was morphine again another band i'm gonna go back to and, and find some more about yeah, and i gotta say very good for listeners yeah. out there um outside the heliosphere um you're gonna boom boom you've got to um got to run with these these selections and and see where they take you see if you can head off down into the rabbit hole yourselves and find some stuff i guess on youtube nowadays it's the easiest yeah i'm not suggesting that everybody does away with their their plastic discs and um you know leaves the stereo behind but certainly to find out about this sort of music it's it's changed my life to be able to yeah learn songs hear songs yeah um okay so um tune number four on your space station we've got another band i've not heard about uh, why did you pick Lewis or Louis? Louis? Louis. Louis and the Good Book. Well, you have heard about this. Have I, I just wrote it down. This is Louis Armstrong. Oh. This is my, that's my fault for, uh, so the record is called Louis and the Good Book. Right. And okay. it is Louis Armstrong with, uh, I think they're called the Decker Choir. Mm-hmm. And it's him singing hymns and mm. prayers. Well, not prayers, but, you know, just w- w- spiritual, spiritual songs, I guess. Uh-huh. With his amazing choir and his obviously amazing band oh, and voice, yeah. And I, 
love gospel music. Mm. Um, I've got a real soft spot for gospel music, and I, I don't, I don't have a religious bone in my body, but I love that that's come out of religion. <laughs> like that, you know, gospel music is sure. You the, know, um, there's a silver lining to it. To, I mean, the, the the whatever your feelings about religion, dear listeners, um, I don't think there can be any argument that it's that it's inspired. Amazing music, amazing, amazing, music, amazing art, amazing yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, um, and uh, you know, I love re- you know religious art and iconography, and especially around my mum's house. Yeah, you know, she's really into religious iconography and you know yeah. all this old Polish art and sure. medieval stuff. Um, uh, is there a particular recording of Louis Armstrong? Is this is there is there like one recording that you hold dear? Of um, I think I think Go Down Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is great. Shadrach is another is another yeah, hit, and yeah. it's just like you know, it's a song about Moses, but it's just banging, and it's mm. got this choir that, like, I think I was saying, like, when you get a whole bunch of voices just belting out a tune, it's just yeah. to me, it's way yeah. more powerful than an electric guitar oh, or, or yeah. whatever. You know, like, there's something yeah. about the human voice singing together, <sighs> the human voice in harmony, right? Yeah, it gives yeah. You goosebumps, and uh, I mean, there's a um, there's a obviously a, a proud there's a proud history in in the South of America I guess yeah right and, yeah. and I, I can't remember what the branch of Christianity it is but the gospel yeah, yeah churches yeah. of the South and I guess African Americans primarily yeah. did you ever get to did you ever on your travels through America did you ever get to go to any of those incredible places uh, I've been like to the South but we like we didn't go into any churches to kind of check it out yeah check out the music um, but yeah like. I wonder if it's cool to do that. Yeah, I didn't know if it was cool. Is it cool or not? I don't know. I I I thought I'd love to go. Yeah. See the next Aretha and you know. Yeah, yeah. Al Green and whoever else. Yeah. Doing their thing, but I don't know if it's kind of frowned upon to be a music fan and go into those places. It's it's a weird thing. So I recently actually um. There's a Melbourne band called Bat Piss. I don't know if you know those guys at all. So this would be a this would be a gospel a gospel yeah. choir. Well, this, there's, 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 a, there's a point to this story. So they're yeah. they're great. I love yeah. them. They're like this sort of piss. sludge doom punk. That's band. the piss of bats. Just yeah, to be clear. Bat, okay, bat got piss, it. One yeah. word. Yeah. Bat, bat piss. piss. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, and just pretty brutal lyrics, like the kind of lyrics you would expect Bat Piss, bat to, piss to, to, to sing about, to scream at you about. Not much love stuff going on. And a while back I um, did like, I made some gospel arrangements of Bat Piss songs <laughs> and put together a group called it Baptist. <laughs> and it was a, it was a 20, <laughs> yeah, literally. It was a 20 piece band. We recorded in the, in the tote and like we had the seven piece band up on the stage yeah. and they were like, they were like the fucking wrecking crew. They were amazing. Like I, I sort of oh, picked yeah. from the old bar and the tote, just like amazing musicians. Like sure. you want to be in my gospel bat piss cover band sort of yeah. thing. And so they went up on stage and then I got like 15 choir members, like mm. singers, all mm. incredible singers from mm. Melbourne to be the choir and a couple of lead vocalists. And we recorded this sort of two, two song bat wow. piss Baptist cover band. Just because thing. you could? Just because just it was Just because something. I wanted to, I love gospel music. Mm, mm. And I wanted to make gospel music that was like not religious at all, like just secular gospel <laughs> Which music. Which band can I go to? Yeah, so it's almost satanic gospel music. Sure, yeah. And it's just after Graveyard Train had been into court with, so I just wanted to make like some dumb, stupid yeah. music yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, you to get some stuff off your chest. Um, but <sighs> I love gospel music and yeah. I don't mind the religious aspect of it. I don't like, it does, that part of it doesn't grip me, but I love the hope and all that kind of, mm-hmm. the power of the hope in the, in the words. And sure. this, this Louis Armstrong record is just... 
you know, if, if you're going to be lost in space, space and feeling hopeless and considering turning to religion, yeah. this would be your record. Very I good. would say. Let's, let's, let's listen to this. <laughs> listen song. to Louis. Yeah. Let's go, Louis. Go down, Moses. So that so the great Louis Armstrong. Um, 
So you alluded to their, um, so aside from your philosophy and your role as a father and a, uh, and a, and a partner, and aside from your notable successes and adventures in music, you've, you've moved increasingly, is it fair to say, towards production side of, of music yeah, now? Yeah. It seems yeah, like yeah. to me in conversation with you, it seems like that's really turning you on. Especially is, yeah. right now. I um I still love writing music and mm-hmm. and playing music, but I haven't really been playing I definitely haven't been playing live much recently, mm-hmm. pretty sporadically. But I am really enjoying uh sort of forging a career as a producer, I guess, yeah. or trying to. And, and and what is it? Is it the is it the blank canvas? Is it the ability to to create more than more than you and a guitar, which is fantastic as well with your band. But is it the ability to take a whole other load of talents and create a great work? Yeah, it, it is. It's like it's it's a lot of those things. Um, it's a lot of things. Mm. But like like I said, er, like early on, like when I listen to music, I really listen to the production, and I mm. sort of always have. Like yes, George Martin's always been my favorite Beatle. You right, know? right. Um, so it's like being a part of that. I love to work with somebody's talent. Yeah. And work with someone's song yeah. and just try to make it better. Just try yeah. to help them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not always right or, but it's, it's fun to do. And know? is the engineering side something that appeals as well? Like, are you, are you a total microphone geek now? And no, no, no. So I, I prefer to work with an engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I can engineer a bit. I've been learning. Um, but I really just want to focus on, arrangement and yeah. you know like when i work with bands or, or, or people i start working with, with start working with them really early on like when they've just got sketches of songs right and so yeah. end up being like a co-songwriter often yeah um but really just get there from from the start you making some money out of it uh like a very little bit mm. yeah you got, t- you got your two days still. You're going. You're working in the in the venue in the bar. Yeah, yeah. And then a few days. I mean, your the rest is this sort of. And you're doing this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. a particular studio you want to give a, a shout out to? As a oh, there there are lots in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, I work a lot in uh, this little studio in Collingwood. Uh, it's called Purple Wayne in in Keel Street. Purple Wayne. <laughs> Purple Wayne. And it's just this lovely bloke who owns it. And is he called Wayne? He's not called Wayne, oh. but uh, it's 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 got a nice little vibe. It's it's mm. very very unpretentious, but kind of analogy or modern. Uh, yeah, a li- yeah, a little bit, um, but that's where I've been doing a lot of overdubbing in my own stuff. But okay. with yeah, there's a place called Secret Location Studios mm-hmm. where I recently did an album that's very analogy, Sound Park. Where's the Cash Savage it? stuff done? You've you've worked a lot with her, did, is that right? Yeah. So I've, on and off, Cash and I have been playing music together for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and more recently, I've, I guess, become her producer. Yeah. Rather than, and I, I'm still helping helping with songs, but like mm. I've stopped playing in her band as much. And I just, I'm like the, I'm like the bench guy for her band. So if one of her musicians can't make a show, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll fill in. So whether it's guitar the or bench guy. guitar or piano or bass. You're or like the fat wheezy kid that doesn't get picked for yeah. the team. Is that <laughs> yeah, what you yeah, yeah. can I re can I rephrase what you've said? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, no, no, that sounds like it a, works out pretty well. Like a few months like ago, a, she's like, My bass player can't come to Europe. It's like, yeah, yeah well, 
How about I play bass I'll for the first that. time in 10 years? And, and that's what you did, yeah? That's what I did, yes. Yeah. So I got to go to Europe and see my brothers and hang wow. out, which was pretty, you know, and tell us, pretty I mean, nice. So Cashy's going pretty well, I hear. She's, um, she's doing really well, yeah. yeah. She's doing really well in Europe, mm-hmm. France, Czech Republic, Germany. Wow. Um, you know, like it was strange. Like I'd been over with Graveyard Train we'd, and, you know, we'd, after, we'd do pretty well, but um, it was great to see Cash like playing these, you know, getting huge crowds and mm. people singing along and, oh, you know, really weird stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who needs money, right? Without, again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, clearly musicians need money yeah. to answer my own <laughs> question, but you know, that just, uh, it's a shame that musicians can't even make a, uh, just a regular bit yeah. of cash, but yeah, man, yeah. To, to, that must, to be able to fly 12,000 oh, miles or whatever it is and, 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 and to have a bunch of people in another country sing yeah. their songs back here. I mean, it's amazing. It's really, yeah. it's really special. Wow. Okay. We're going to move right along to somebody that anyone, everybody knows, I'm sure. Uh, now you picked a John Lee Hooker song. Yeah. Why did you pick a John Lee Hooker song? Man, I just like this guy. All he does is the same thing. He doesn't know whether like it's five bar blues, then it's 16 bar blues. <laughs> and then like, John, what's going on? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Johnny. This is, Come on, uh, I like Johnny. Well, you said it was a record player on the ship and there, there is something really nice about putting on a blues record. Oh, yeah. I think. I mm-hmm. think, you know, we were talking earlier about context yeah, and music yeah, and yeah. I think... Uh, Do you remember the other the other great blues men that you mentioned? As It could have been, you know, John Lee or, or it could oh, have been... Oh, yeah, like uh, Howling Wolf, Howling Wolf say, or Screaming, Screaming Jay. Screaming Jay, yeah. I mean, and these are all guys that, you know, when you put you put a record on a record player and it's one of their records. It just, mm. it sounds right. Yeah, you know, it sounds yeah. like you're putting a record on a record player yes. and listening to it. Uh, <laughs> Get that click, then the hiss. Yeah. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, which one did you pick? Well, I think I chose I'll Know to That. That is the one that you yeah, chose. And it's, um, you know, the blues is funny. Like I don't listen to heaps of blues and it is that context thing. I listen to it when people are over and I'm having a beer or something and mm-hmm. I put a record on because it's just that ambience and that it's yeah. it's like putting on a, a nice pair of undies that you know really well it's just like <laughs> this, this is a blues song and a pair of clean undies <laughs> well you know old clean but old. clean but old. you know like you've, you know, you yeah, know you've had getting. them a few years you've got some holes yeah. under your under your cruets <laughs> got it cruets is an australian yeah right? <laughs> is that right that's, that's something like that yes <laughs> okay. um and yeah you know the blues it's there's a lot of it and I don't listen to all of it. I don't listen to much of it even, but like the good stuff's really good. But you've gone, I mean, you've gone, I mean, I guess, although we know it doesn't really zero hour for the blues is, is I guess Robert Johnson, right? Yeah. yeah even though yeah. it probably isn't, you know, Robert yeah. learned from someone else and whatever, but anyway, yeah. the father of the modern blues, if we're going to go along that. And then there's these, you know, then the muddy waters electrified it, et cetera. But you've not gone with the, for me, BB King is the man. You yeah, know. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Albert King, sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. Freddie King, you know, great. But BB's the man. But you've gone, I guess, that bit before, right? You've gone a. Yeah. More folk, my, folky. More folky. Okay. I guess. Which I guess fits with the graveyard train. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of part. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I don't like a lot of country music, but some country music I love. Mm. And it's the more folky stuff. And from this. It's a similar, I guess, aesthetic. It's it's when yeah. you put on a record and it just sounds right. Yeah, I guess. Right on. And for all you um, young kids out there, if you haven't seen John Lee Hooker, then start off with watching the Blues Brothers, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> okay, let's hear John Lee Hooker. <laughs> 
your choice but i wish we could finish with number six but we're gonna go <laughs> we'll go in order um now what do you, even, you could probably do a whole series about the beatles and people's relationship to the beatles yeah i guess could. i mean if there's ever a in conversations with musicians and non-musicians just the beatles mean so much to people whether it's if any american that watched apparently the ed sullivan show in 1964 as a kid yeah, as far yeah, as I yeah. can tell, they all went on and formed that bands. Way, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. a bit like the Sex Pistols in the <laughs> yeah, Manchester yeah, exactly. Free trade or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. Um, and as opposed to your views on Neil Diamond, I'm I'm with you. On, <laughs> 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 I'm with you on uh, I'm with you on this. So tell me which song or sweet. So song. this this is. Thank God you said I could have a whole record. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, Abbey Road, Beatles' last record. Yeah, man. Um, it. I think it is my favorite. I mean, they're, they're obviously the Beatles. They're, they're all good. But uh, something about this record is particularly sings to me. A lot mm. of it's the production. Yeah. It's just got, it sounds beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. like they came back after being so much conflict or, you know, between the Beatles themselves and between them and George Martin, their producer, they kind of came back and really had a great swan song. Oh, my and, God. Um, the yeah. set, so I've chosen the second half of Abbey Road, which is a medley. And just kind of showcases all these great little sketches yeah. and ideas of songs that the Beatles with George Martin sort of uh, knitted together yeah. to become this beautiful, like outro to the to the career of the Beatles. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> they yeah, all get a you. they all get a solo. They you know, and I, I can't <laughs> imagine another time when the word medley has ever been used in yeah, music and, yeah, and, and yeah. not been a really really shit thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Apart from, I guess, I guess <laughs> I don't know if you're a fan of West End shows, you know, I, I love that kind of, oh, yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. Broadway West. I love that yeah. thing, you know, Rogers Hammerstein or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid, Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I know that's going to make me a hate figure <laughs> for some, but I, I, you know, I really love some of that stuff. But yeah. apart from the kind of, what do you call the thing when they 
the the a when reprise they, or something or like a when they when they they play a bit of each song yeah, before right, or like yeah, yeah. anyway that yeah, thing that, yeah yeah word finding difficulties um <laughs> this has got to be the I mean answers on a postcard dear listener but I can't think of another time when a medley of songs just happens and I I, I don't even know what the individual songs are it, it's yeah, just a, yeah. it's a piece it's a just, single piece of music I think yeah yeah um and it's just great it's just and great. there's yeah, there's cool stuff on it. Like, that, you know, the Moog, there's like all this Moog through it, which is oh. a brand new interest, instrument at the time. They didn't make a big deal right. out of it. It's just like, right. if you listen to it, it's like, what's this weird synth oh on the God. Beatles? You know? I've got like, to go and listen to it again. It's though. just there. It's not like, it's not overstated, but it's not understated. It's there. It's, it's a part that it's a part necessary. of the thing. And yeah, it's like, it's really interesting to listen to. And I could just, there are so many elements, so many great songs. Was um, that George that, that was... I mean, the, the the cliche I have is that, you know, McCartney's a perfectionist with very strong ideas and, and you know, obviously Lennon a huge person. But George Martin was the guy that said, hey, maybe we should have a string quartet. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I think so, is, yeah. is that the kind of deal, do you think? Have you? I think so. I mean, I guess by this stage, the Beatles were probably all very sure of themselves yes. as well. So it would have been, yep. I, I have no idea. I should watch a documentary on it or something. Yeah, Because yeah. it's one of my favourite albums. But, um. <clears throat> whatever happened, it's great. I'm sure George Martin, it sounds like George Martin had a heavy hand, especially yeah. in the strings and, you know, all, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, and yeah. just as a musician, mm. the Beatles were obviously very important, like you're saying. And it's sort of like the Beatles are like ice cream. Like you just grow up with them and they just yes. become part of your psyche. Absolutely. And when you start writing music, you kind of just are drawn to this Beatles format, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which and is, and so you've got, uh, I think what you what you've said is that, I mean you've got there's the musician section of your brain, which is you know there's the Beatles, yeah, even Ringo, I mean, oh especially Ringo, <laughs> 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 you fell into that one, um, <laughs> and then and then you but then uh, as we've discussed pr- production has been and it and yeah. remains and is becoming probably even more important to you, yeah, and who you're going to learn from if not from from george mine i guess that's so right yeah yeah. great choice man thank you for picking i'm just going to call it the whole second half because it starts off with here comes the sun is that right the second yeah, half of the yeah, album yeah, yeah we can't leave that off you can't leave that just... yeah yeah Do you hear the story about how that was written nah okay it's but not about me but it's really a story anyway about this so the story goes <clears throat> that george harrison had that kind of very odd relationship with eric clapton yeah yeah right they yeah, were best yeah. mates and eric then went with his wife and blah blah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But George would turn up and and remain sort of very magnanimous about the whole thing. And apparently turned up to Eric Clapton's house early one morning, and Eric had been up all night and all that sort of thing. And George just brought a guitar up with him, and they just went strolling around Eric's garden. And apparently George Harrison was just with this sort of nylon string Spanish guitar, and the sun was rising, and he just started going, "Here comes the sun." <laughs> And that was, and, yeah, just, right. and that was that. the way he wrote that yeah, song. Yeah. So, God bless George wow. Harrison. And yeah, it just—it's another one of those songs that's just—it seems like it's always existed. Yeah. You can't yeah. hear him and Eric Clapton walking around the garden. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, yeah. let's let's everyone do themselves a favour and listen to Abbey Road. me mm-hmm. 
enjoying saying these words but this this is going to bring us to our last song now um and i'm just going to let you say all of these words because i'm not sure whether where the band name finishes and the uh, and the ah, so this, this is, is uh, that's right <laughs> the silver this is the silver mountain zion memorial orchestra tralala band <laughs> okay <laughs> all of that's the the name of the that's the name of the band okay yeah, and this this song is uh, Thirteen Blues for Thirteen Moons from the album Thirteen Blues for Thirteen Moons, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, which the album it's it's the opening song, but the album actually opens with seven or eight songs, which are each four seconds of a bleeping noise. Oh, or something. I think maybe okay to get it to like be an album on Spotify or something like that because oh. all of their songs are like 20 minutes long. Clever. Um, I assume it's that. But they're so pretty Spotify won't, Spotify won't host I, I think if you give a Spotify a four-song album, they're like, this is oh. not worth the money or Apple or something. I, I, I don't know. I su- I, that's what I assume. Oh, but maybe man, they just wanted to put the bleepy noises at the start. Oh, maybe it's part of the journey. They're, pretty, they're a pretty weird band. And this is a band that you've seen live at the at the venue where you work? Is no, that, no, no, I haven't actually. This, these guys are from Canada. Um, and they're actually a bunch of women in the band, which which is good because my list is a real sausage oh. fest, um, which yeah. is unfortunate. But th- th- there are lots of women in Silver Mount Zion. Um, mm. They're, a, I think you'd call them a post-rock band. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, it's, 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 it's like... I don't know. It's kind of like a a musical genre which is taking rock and roll music but shedding the idea of like verses and choruses and okay. bridges yeah. and three and a half minutes and just like it, some of it's vocal music, some of it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like being aware of the medium i guess of seven inch records or mm-hmm. 33 mm-hmm. records influencing how we think s- song should sound like a three and a half minute song yeah. is determined by the amount of the, the grooves on a disc or, uh-huh. or whatever yep. yep um and since cds are invented you know you could put it make an album 84 minutes which yeah. is apparently the length of like some classical piece of music that the head of sony right? was like it was his favorite classical piece of music and is that right? Yeah. So, so the, the first prototype CD was 80 minutes. And he's like, well, I can't listen to my favorite symphony. Oh. Go back, make it 84 minutes. So totally random. Right. Now, obviously, with streaming and yada, yada, like the medium's changed again. So yeah. you've got like King is in the Lizard Wizard with the Infinite uh, Infinite album they put out last year. Did you see that? Like, oh, I did not. Oh, it's, it is worth listening to. It's great. <laughs> well, you're still listening to it, presumably. Yeah. If it's so you just you put, you, put, you put it in your Spotify and you yeah. just say repeat album uh. and the whole 
10 songs will just play like finds the start and just loops again. So it just loops uh, infinitely. It's good, but it's good music as well. It is fantastic. Yeah. yeah they're from down your just way. Just say that, say that one again. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, I have heard of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 when you yeah. say my way, you don't mean London, you mean Ocean Grove. I mean Ocean Grove. Okay. Way. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. They're doing incredibly well now. They're um, mm. one of my favorite Australian bands okay. and just smashing it. Maybe I'll interview King Gizzard one day. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, talk about, uh, uh, Success story. Okay. They're doing really well. Great. I think they were just on like Jimmy Kimmel last week or something. Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah. That's big news. Um, so <laughs> post-rock, I guess, is like kind of just rock and roll that's trying to shed those pop elements and corporate, not corporate elements, yeah, maybe corporate elements, but just like trying to make songs that are, you know, weird and different and experimental, which is not new. It's and, been happening for a while. And... They're just what the song needs to be without the constrictions of. I guess it so. needs to yeah, be that yeah, maximum length yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of it around. Like, I see a lot of it at the old bar. Like, these kids are playing, just making weird music. And it's great. And, you like and it. I, re- I really like it. It's sort of, it's really refreshing. It's really interesting. And these guys aren't from Australia, but they're one of my favorite bands you know, contemporary bands, I guess, yeah. that are putting out records and have got a stupid name and <laughs> they've got long songs and they're really beautiful, you know. Well, that sounds like a, a, a really appropriate <laughs> way to at least draw the musical section of, of this interview, this conversation <laughs> to a close because let's go to look ahead, right? Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of when I look for new music, I'm often looking back at bands from the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, that... I know are still out there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you're lucky enough to live in this wonderful city, which is Melbourne. And, uh, sounds to me like there's, there's the uh, rock and roll is not dead. There's, there's still plenty of good. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amen. It's really inspiring actually. So let's listen to the silver Mount Zion Memorial Orchestra Tralala project with a song <laughs> called <laughs> 13 blues for 13 moons. Yeah. First.
up that record. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to go and get that straight away. Yeah. Uh, I should, I should, uh, I'm not being facetious. I should, I should own up that we did not listen to that song then uh, because um, we've got to, we've got to wind this up. So the song goes for 15 minutes. So oh, we okay. don't have the 15 We don't, minutes. we do not have the yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> I wish we did. This has been a, this has been as I knew it would be an education, a pleasure. Always. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Great. Thank you for, Thank you for agreeing. It's nice talking it. to you when we're not really drunk. Yeah. I, damn. Yeah. This may be. A I mean, it's nice talking to you when we're really drunk <laughs> yeah, as well. Too, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. This may be. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is in a, a smaller cohort of conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> That's good. Um, so I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna tick through. Um, is oh, I think you go pretty well on your on your um, uh, deep space station, Gideon, um, with your nitrous oxide, and I think I've I've just agreed the some nitrous, nitrous oxide, oxide as well. Be, that would that'd, be that would help. I've decided yeah. that's kind of cool. So um, you've already said you're not really into the whole religious thing, um, but as a spiritual text, you're going to go with some Sartre. Yeah, I think so. Sartre, or maybe yeah, probably being in nothingness, maybe Heidegger being in time. Just to sort of, and that's you've read this already, and it's a yeah, yeah, and you're pretty yeah. much you could you could live with that one for thirty or forty years. I could, I think, okay. yeah, it'd sort of make me aware of my surroundings, not get too like sucked into Louis Armstrong's record and <laughs> <laughs> start wishing for a God out there. <laughs> and 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 now you've said, was this a facetious answer, or would you really take War and Peace? Because it's famously, really would. it's famously big. It's, so, it is big, so that would help. It's just like one yeah, of yeah. these, okay, finally I get the chance to read <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. War and Peace. Okay. Um, I have actually read it one oh, time and I did really? enjoy it. Yeah. I really liked it. You heard it here first. That's right. I have read War and Peace. I read it. Uh, oh, now I feel inferior. Oh. <laughs> I was around India of all things. Like it's very bourgeois. Oh, man, so bourgeois. But, yeah. You're going to tell me you read Moby Dick next. I have read Moby Dick and oh, stop I hated it. <laughs> I finished it and I wanted to sue Melville for wasting my time. <laughs> it's got a good opening line, right? It's got a great opening line. Like something it starts about good, but something Ahab, Mister Ahab. Was it uh, something because I'm Ahab or something? Yeah, yeah. But, but then um, it goes. De- it doesn't go downhill. Doesn't go downhill. No. <gasps> hey, there we go. Do you like the circle. narrative arc <laughs> yeah. that I've just introduced? <laughs> oh man, that was that was a. I did not plan that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything has not gone downhill yeah, from yeah, there. That's right. Everything went uphill <laughs> Everything very went steeply uphill. Yeah. from there. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Your luxury item. Uh, you can well, definitely have, you can, if you promise not to turn it into some form of escape capsule pod, you can take your upright piano. Okay. You great. can have, it's not allowed rocket launches on it though or anything. So. Okay. Yeah. If you that's, promise just to play. Yeah, I, pr- I promise just to play music. Yeah. Piano, not guitar. You're certain about that? I'm certain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emphatic. Yeah. Yeah, I love piano. I mean, I, I like guitar, I love guitar too, but piano. I'm still learning the piano, so I figure uh, I could get better. I mean, I'm learning the guitar as well, but we're always learning. we're always learning. Yeah, and this piano, I'd like to take my piano. Oh, the, the, my, I should right. again another absolute why why I know the answer <laughs> to this. <laughs> oh dear, see see how clever I am at interviewing. This, this I've, is I've, like I've brought around. you yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So That's tell me. Start. So like my, uh, I hope this wasn't in the bit that we that my sound engineer. I don't think so. Well, no. I don't know. No, okay, I don't, I don't know. But tell me well, the story about your mother's. Well, so mother. we were talking about my grandma mm-hmm. earlier, who was in this forced labor camp. Yeah, it's quite an outrageous story. So at some point, the German government decided to pay all of the slaves that were working there compensation, compensation for yeah, yeah. for lost years of slavery yeah. in, a, in a concentration camp. And so my grandma, my bupsha, replied. 
and it took like 10 years and she died in the meantime. Oh, God. So she never got she a didn't compensation. Even. Which was lucky because it was a check for $370. With no <laughs> sense of shame, embarrassment yeah. from the German government. Yeah. That was just, just like very a, efficient. Just, just like... We've got to pay a lot of people. We have this looked is, at this is the fund. This is what it is. You know, so four years equals three hundred and yeah something dollars. So oh, my mum was pretty outraged, obviously, but um, and wanted to send back the check and say, "Screw you, Germany." Up yours, Germany. But just that week, I had seen this piano, upright piano, for three like three hundred and fifty-five dollars oh, or three hundred and sixty dollars, and I told yeah. my mum, and she said, "Well, <sighs> let's just take this check, cash it." You can get an upright so much better, so, so much better than my up yours. piano is my the, the fruits of my grandmother's four four years slave labor <sighs> making Nazi airplanes. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say, but I I will just say that I think that that was the correct decision rather than yeah, sending the yeah, check back. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, yeah. a beautiful thing from a horrific from a, yeah evil thing. So um, I'll take it into space. So I'll, I'll, I'll learn how I'll to play it properly. You have to. Yeah, you owe it to your mum and to your grandmother. Yeah. yeah. Um, and okay, so the the one song, um, one the one album, the one song. If if you had to choose from the the ones that you, ah, oh. it's probably got to be the Beatles. Okay, yeah. Don't let me, you know, that. No, that, it doesn't. It doesn't don't, have don't, to be the Beatles. You know, you upset me with the the whole Neil Diamond thing. It's got to be Louis Armstrong. <laughs> it's got to be Louis Armstrong. So that was actually an answer just to make me happy, was <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> God yeah, it. it's got to be Louis Armstrong. Okay, you're going to take me. Um, That's what you wrote down. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. I agree. Okay, so Louis going. Good. Louis going to come with me. Now, it doesn't get any better than that Louis Armstrong record, as far as I'm concerned. I got it. Yeah. I'm glad that you picked that one. <laughs> now, you don't have to. Again, this wasn't intended, but I did ask, I did ask about um, whether you may have a. Um, do you have a, a, a proverb or a, or a line or a philosophy or a piece of advice that was handed down to you? Something, some motive to to live your life by? Some, I guess, uh, just see you around like a wristle. <laughs>